0: Welcome to the Relentless Grace podcast. This church has left the building. Your host is Pastor Paula Mamel. Welcome to Relentless Grace, a podcast for people who are seeking an authentic, unbridled faith connection with Jesus that is relevant in the 21st century. Whether you have been bruised by organized religion and walked away, or are still engaged but looking for a way to deepen your spiritual journey. Relentless Grace is a podcast to connect with your spirit. Each week, I try to make connections between the timeless Word of God and the reality of our everyday lives through reflections on the Word and ways to implement your faith in your daily life. This show is seeking to provide a re-communion of seekers, doubters, stayers, and leavers with the power of the Holy Spirit outside the walls of a congregation this church has left the building. This week on Relentless Grace, we are winding down our study of the Shepherd's Psalm, our second to last episode. Our focus today is the passage that says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. We're going to focus on what it means to be pursued by God's goodness and mercy, and also what we have following in our wake what we leave behind us. It's a reminder that God will never let us go, and a reminder that we are called to share that same grace with others. I hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Romans 8 verses 31 to 35 and 37 to 39. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? God did not withhold his own Son, but gave him up for all of us. How will God not with Christ also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ who died, or rather, who was raised, who is also at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will affliction, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? No, in all these things we are more than victorious through God who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation— will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord.
0: What are you sure of? Absolutely sure of. Something that nothing, nothing can alter your belief that it will happen. That the sun will rise in the east and set in the west. That gravity remains in place. What are you absolutely sure of? We live in a time when there's so much uncertainty, so much that we thought we could be sure of, so much that we were certain would remain that way, and lately, so much has just gone up in the air. I mean, recently, there was a tropical storm on the west coast of the United States. That's not supposed to happen in uncertain times, with change afoot everywhere. Today we come to the part of Psalm 23, where the psalmist David talks about the one thing that he is sure of. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The word we translate as follows in this text is the Hebrew word radat. That means to pursue or chase down. And in this text, David is saying that he will be pursued or chased down by goodness and mercy. That seems an odd thing for David to say that he is being pursued by. Because throughout his life, he had been pursued by other things. Other things that were not nearly as positive and good. His best friend was Jonathan. Whose father was Saul. David was the musician for Saul, and they had a close, tight knit relationship. And yet things changed, and Saul pursued David, seeking to kill him. And then, as David ascended to king, his followers killed Jonathan, his best friend. He had been on the wrong end of many pursuits. At one point in his life, David fled from Absalom, his son. He was chased by his own son, seeking to kill him. And yet here, David is testifying that whatever threats have chased him, there is always a greater pursuer afoot. Goodness and mercy. Though he has been hounded by those who seek to harm him, David remains confident that this divine love will stalk his every step he is convinced that God's divine love will be with him to the end. This is the steadfastness of a shepherd keeping after his sheep, because this is an image of goodness and mercy actively pursuing David. It's been said that these twin components, goodness and mercy, these components of divine love are actually like two sheepdogs that help keep the shepherd corralling their flock. They shadow the flock in order to steer the flock in the right direction. When the sheep go astray, the sheepdogs bring them back. When they slow down, the sheepdogs spur them on. And so it is with this text and David's firm belief that goodness and mercy are the things he can be sure of, even though in his life he had been assured of quite the opposite, of being pursued because of jealousy, because of family strife, and yes, because of things that David had done wrong. But in the midst of all of that, even in his own failings, even as he was a dysfunctional husband and father, even as he hurt other people, God's love continued to pursue him. That is an amazing and incredible thing. And David's focus on this being so personal reminds us of the same thing, of a God who will pursue us with those two same qualities, goodness and mercy. In other words, God's goodness and mercy are something that's going to follow us, pursue us, not let us go. They are not passively hanging around behind us. God's goodness and mercy are actively pursuing us. Like a lion hunting its prey, the goodness and mercy of God hound us, and God is the one chasing us. There is no escape. We will find ourselves caught up again and again by the mercy and goodness of God. And what do these words mean? The word goodness comes from a Hebrew word that means beautiful or pleasant. It represents the attractive way with which God shows love for God's people. God is good in character and flawlessly good in actions. And therefore, God can only do good for the flock. This demonstrates God's care for us. Remember, in the beginning, it was good. That's how God created the world, and that's what God desires for us, that which is good, that which is right. One of the pieces that I hold on to deeply within my being is something I heard once that said that God promises that it will be good in the end, and so if it's not good, it's not the end. That doesn't mean that everything that happens is good. It doesn't mean that everything that goes on is positive or wonderful. But what it does mean is that God is continually working toward what is right and good. That God never ceases to try to bring us into that point of goodness. I think of the folks that I work with in South Sudan, they live in Uganda in refugee camps. Recently, All of their food that they had received from the World Food Program was cut off because there are so many refugees in the world and there's not enough money or food to go around. As a result, they are fighting for their lives. Is that good? Absolutely not. And yet these people retain a sense of joy and hope in the midst of a completely hopeless situation because they trust in the goodness of God. Because they trust that God will provide. And that in the end, God's goodness triumphs. We hold on to that in this life and with the promise of the life to come. That that goodness will not cease to pursue us. And that when we remain close to God, nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing. That God will constantly chase after us. When things have gone wrong in my life, when there have been struggles and difficulties. Sometimes it's been easy to just want to quit. But I've trusted that when I trust in God, God will redeem all that happens. That is that goodness. What does that mean for us? Well, that goodness can be seen in so many places. God's provision may look like a friend sharing a bag of flour when we don't have anything. The government offering financial assistance when there is a challenge, like there was during the COVID crisis. A church coordinating emergency housing solutions or responding to disasters. Opportunities to connect and find community. Places where we can be the hands of God. Those are examples of God's goodness pursuing us. There are times in our life, that test our confidence in the care of Christ. There are occasions when the chips are down and life is more than a list of pious platitudes, when life seems to crumble and fall apart. But at those moments, we can see that God's goodness is pursuing us. When we see God acting in the midst of utter calamities, When we trust that God will lift us up when the world tears us down. And one of the reasons we are able to do that is because we believe in the mercy of God. The word mercy means the unfailing, steadfast covenant love of God. This word has to do with words like grace, kindness, loyalty, and faithfulness. That is who God is. God is merciful to us, forgiving, showing us grace, showing us steadfast love, love that will not let go. God's love for us runs deep and does not end. God shows kindness. God is loyal to us. God is faithful. And God is forgiving. Goodness. And mercy, the two tied together, the way God created the world so that it was good, and that God shows us in the midst of the fallenness of the world the grace and the love of God that will not let us go. Max Alcotto said, Goodness and mercy, not goodness alone, for we are sinners in need of mercy. Not mercy alone. For we are fragile, in need of goodness. And we need them both. God chases after us with a beauty and a goodness and a desire for the world as God created it. And God chases after us with mercy. when we fall down, and we fall away, reminding us that nothing Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That is the promise in the midst of challenge, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of pain. That is the hope that will not let us go. A God who surrounds us and keeps us. There is the old blessing. Christ be with me. Christ within me. Christ behind me. Christ before me. Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. When the Lord is your shepherd, you are surrounded on all sides by the goodness and mercy of God behind me, before me, beside me, beneath me, above me. Nothing, nothing can keep us from that because all of the days of our lives, those sheepdogs trailing after us will not let us go. They hound us, they follow us, they surround us, not with burden, not with terror, not with horror, but with a God who wants to overcome those things that tear at us. What a blessing, what power. At the end of this song, where we've journeyed through darkness and pain, where we've sat with our enemies, ultimately it is God's goodness, God's mercy that triumphs over everything. And it's not going to let us go. As surely as the sun will rise in the east and set in the west, the love of God will continue to sustain and hold us. That, that is the good news. That is the hope, that is the surety that we can hold on to. David understood this with his own failing, with his own struggles, with his own pain. The refugees I work with in Uganda, they understand it. And us, we too need to know that these words are meant for us. No matter where you are in life's journey, no matter what you are struggling with, know that God's desire for you is goodness and mercy. And all of the days of your life, it will continue to follow you and seek to hold on to you. And you can be sure of that. Amen.
2: Children of the Heavenly Father Safely in his bosom gather, nestling bird nor star in heaven, such a refuge there was given. God is own, doth tend and nourish in his holy, courts they glory from all evil things, he spares them in his might he bears them. Neither life nor death shall ever from the Lord His children sever. Unto them His grace He showeth, and their sorrows all He knoweth. Though He giveth or He taketh, God His children is the loving purpose solely, to preserve them pure and holy
0: Today, as we think about how God's love follows us, I thought it might be helpful for the community connection to think about what follows in our wake. Do we leave behind where we go, goodness and mercy? Philip Keller. In his wonderful book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, talked about how sheep can do different kinds of things where they've been managed. If they've been mismanaged, they can be incredibly destructive and leave behind them ruined and ravaged lands. But if they have been well managed, they can truly transform the area where they've been. He talked about how he saw two derelict ranches restored to high productivity and usefulness because the sheep were leaving behind them something more positive. So what about us? In that text, he wrote, goodness and mercy followed those flocks. They left behind them something worthwhile, productive, beautiful, and beneficial to both themselves and others, and to him as their shepherd. Where they had walked, there followed fertility and weed-free land. Where they had lived, there remained beauty and abundance. And so the question I want you to ask yourself is, is this true of your life? Do you leave a blessing and a benediction behind you? I think of that image from Charlie Brown of Pigpen going in everywhere and he's just crowded by a cloud of dust and leaves behind dirt. What do we leave behind when we are with someone? How do we leave them feeling? Do we leave a trail of sadness or gladness? Mercy and goodness or a time to forget? This does not change how God feels about us, but how do we make others feel? Keller in his book asks these questions Do I leave behind peace in lives or turmoil? Do I leave behind forgiveness? or bitterness? Do I leave behind contentment or conflict? Do I leave behind flowers of joy or frustration? Do I leave behind love or rancor? When we are following the shepherd, we are called to leave behind the grace of God. We're going to mess up. We're going to fail. But what are we trying to leave behind? What trails after us? Do we respond to others with compassion and grace and forgiveness? Or do we extend the mercy that we have received? Do we show love and grace? Or do we show anger and resentment? Keller wrote in his book, It is the lack of love among Christians which today makes the church an insipid, lukewarm institution. People come to find affection and are turned off by our tepidity." Keller wrote this book in 1970, but that is still so true today. When we encounter someone, do we leave them with a blessing? Do we leave them with goodness and mercy? I invite you to think about that, to pray about it, and to determine in your own life how you are responding to the grace and goodness of God. Are you blessed to be a blessing? What is lingering when you leave? To be a Christian, it is a two-way proposition. We have been blessed and received forgiveness. So we are called to forgive others as we ourselves have been forgiven. To show grace as we have received grace. And to extend love as we have been loved. So this week, think about what you leave in your wake. What follows after you leave? Not to beat yourself up, because we have received that mercy from God, but to do a gut check. How are we living what we have received? We have been blessed, and we are called to be a blessing to others. Thank you for joining me today for Relentless Grace. I hope you've been enjoying this series on The Shepherd Psalm. Next week, we will be concluding it, and our next series will be one on the Lord's Prayer. We will take a look at each piece of the Lord's Prayer and explore how it helps us both in our prayer lives and in our spiritual lives. Thank you for those who continue to share this podcast. I encourage you to let others know about it if you appreciate it, because that is the best way to get the word out. Additionally, if you wish to support this podcast, you may do so by either Venmoing me at pvmamel, or you can go to the link in the podcast notes and support me on Patreon, a way to support creators and podcasters, or you can contact me directly and I can provide other ways to provide support. I deeply appreciate those who have reached out and supported this ministry. It helps offset the costs and also helps support me as I do this ministry. As I said before and will say again, it feels awkward to ask, but it is a way to pass the plate in the cyber universe and allows me to continue to do the podcast. I'm also appreciative for all of the feedback that I have received, which I think has helped us improve over the last several months and I am always grateful to hear from listeners. When you contact me, I put you on a prayer list, and I continue to hold you in prayers. I would like to thank Dan McKnight, our announcer, my sister Gretchen Mamel, who read the scriptures, Cammie Wenberg, my high school classmate who provides such wonderful music, and my old camp friend Ruth Skinner, who sings the closing song. If you are interested in being a reader or singing on the podcast— Please let me know. It's a joy to let others take part in this ministry. And finally, I send you with a blessing. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all of the trees of the field shall clap their hands. May you know that joy and know that God's goodness and mercy does follow you. When we walk with the Lord, we are given that assurance all the days of our life.
2: You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy and all the trees of the field will clap, will clap their hands. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands as you go out with joy.